0: Alright, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on Us. Mintmobile.com switch. Upfront payment of forty-five dollars equivalent to fifteen dollars per month. Unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty P. Active Mint customers by five thirty-one twenty-four. Get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Healthy living intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician patient relationship. Relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your health care provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with caller interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy
1: Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show is Beat Back Pain with Medical Intuition. Do you have trouble getting moving again because of back pain? Did you slip or fall? Did your back keep going out? You haven't been saying... Since that car accident, if this is you, today I'm going to teach you how to use mind-body and medical intuitive solutions to maintaining a strong, healthy spine. Believe me, I know. Since the age of 12, I have had spinal issues. At gym class, I remember them having us lean over and then us checking us to have see if we had a straight spine. I it was all weird. And then two months later, my father lost his job. My mother was just a tad upset. And within two months, I remember I was in the sixth grade. It was the beginning of the year. And we were sitting in a learning center. That's when they started getting rid of desks and lines and they started having us sit in these pods. And this woman named Diane D, not her last name, comes up to me and says, Mona, your back is gross. (laughs) That's when they used to use the word gross. I went, What do you mean? And she said, It looks like you have a football underneath your shirt. I went, A football. And since I couldn't see what my back looked like because it was back there, I came home and I told my mother, Diane D, I almost said her last name, said, my back looks gross. What ensued next was can only happen in a Latina family. That's before they called it Latina. We called it Portuguese. My mother said, let me see. I turned around and she went, oh, my God. So my father's name is Paul. She said, Paul, come here. Paul. <laughs> my father goes, I can't hear you. You know I can't hear. So there's all this screaming. Family and medical intuition has to, a spine has to do with family. Families are supposed to give us a sense of safety and security and a sense of belonging. So we have all this screaming going on. So my father goes, what do you want me to see? And my mother goes, look, it's sticking out. So my sister comes in and she immediately has a conniption fit. I don't know what this, why this happened. She goes into her room and there was all these geraniums in for the winter. She starts throwing them against the wall. I don't know why that (laughs) happens. Why? I don't know. But anyway, so we went to two different doctors. And finally, we end up in um, Boston Children's Hospital. And the doctor says I have to have the surgery because I have an enlarged heart and decreased pulmonary capacity. I'm telling you for this for a reason because all back pain is not alike. They did a spinal surgery on me, spinal fusion from T4 to L3, which essentially fused um, 59% of my spine, which I really didn't think was a big deal. I never really considered that, well, the spine parallels your entire body. Your neck is behind your mouth. It's behind your throat. It's behind your lungs, your heart, your breasts. It's behind your esophagus, stomach, colon, uterus, ovaries. There isn't any organ that your back and spine doesn't affect. And similarly, your organs affect. When you have endometriosis, it can cause lower back pain. And um, when you get your period, you can get lower back problems because of the inflammation. If you had spinal surgery, you can get constipation because it influences the nerves. Um, when you have, um, if you have pressure in your neck or you have neck disc problems, you can get an arrhythmia and you won't know it. They'll be fooling around with your heart, doing a Holter monitor, and it it will have nothing to do with your heart. It will be your neck. Um, and so on and so on and so on. Little did I know that fusing 59% of my spine would have lifelong impact. I really didn't think I had a medical problem. Um, it was the best year of my life up to that point, should tell you what living in my family was like, but suffice it to say, I have two words for you. Geraniums. <laughs> I shared a room with my sister and that was the whole thing was trashed. There was all these anyway. Suffice it to say, I actually wanted to go into the service because I thought it would pay for medical school. It never occurred to me that they wouldn't take me because of a big thing like a rod. I just thought it was funny. The, The reason why I bring you this up is because when I got older, I was amazed that people complained of back pain. I never had back pain. I became a runner when I was Eighteen, and I was stunned that people would say their back went out. I'm like, how can the back go out? They would twist a little, and it would go out. And I learned that scoliosis, or congenital, or an acquired problem like that, a gen- genetic problem, which is partly neurological. It's related to my epilepsy. It's very different than the majority of problems that people have. And though I've had multiple surgeries and I only have one disc left. And it's affected my breathing because it sticks into my lungs, my heart, arrhythmia, my digestive tract, and so on. I simply don't think that I suffer as much as many of the people who have chronic back pain in the United States. Because when you get it when you're a child, you just don't, your brain gets organized around it differently. So I want you to know, if you think I'm getting on this radio to say, you don't know what it's like, I've had this bad surgery. You've lost your marbles. I have an MD and a PhD. I'm a neuroanonymist and I am not an idiot. (laughs) I play one on TV. No, I'm kidding. I am not an an idiot. My brain and body have been reorganized. So I just don't feel it. And so something's completely fallen out and um, I literally don't feel it. However, if you get something later on, um, your brain is wired differently. So you experience it differently. And no, it's not in your head. And no, you're not imagining it. No, you're not depressed and you're anxious. It's just different. And though I have to admit, it's so hard for me at times to not understand why you just can't run through it. To my own detriment. Because I have run through things. When I got run over by a truck, I ran through Three months later, and I ran a 10K in five and a half minute miles. Was that smart? No, it was stupid. It's not smart to run through injury. On the other hand, I can tell you how to handle a back injury because I've done them. And there's something in between being paralyzed by chronic pain and ignoring a back injury. There's something in between. And though I have, mine's highest spine is fused, and I had serious injuries. I walk every day. I do stairs. And though I have paralysis and nerve injury and blah, 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 um, I think you could say I'm in pain. I'm not aware of it. I went to um, the tailor the other day to get some shorts fixed. And she looks at me. I said, I know I look like a knockwurst, right? (laughs) So my midsection is shortened because of all these fuses and my arms are really long. I said, it's just because it's the way my spine is. Can you fix it so I could wear a dress so I don't look like a knockwurst in heat? And she looks at me and she said, I'll think about it. I think she thought I was odd. She was a sweet Asian lady. But suffice it to say, after I'd been there for about five minutes, trying on shorts, in and out, in and out, in and out. She says, maybe you should sit down. I said, why? And She said, you're breathing funny. She said, are you in pain? I went, oh, you know, pain, Schmain. And she said, you're looking like you're having problems standing. So we can move through things and we can compensate. We can strengthen ourselves. I can show you how to do it. It isn't perfect, but there is a time for rest and there is a time to move. That's ecclesiastics. There is a, fine, you know, it's a time to rest and there is a time to move. There's a time to eat Fritos and there's a time to eat to- tofu. No, I'm kidding. My point is, is this. I can tell you how to live and thrive and have fun even if you've had a back problem. I can even tell you how you get rid of it. We're taking your calls for the show, 207-846-6475, 207-846-64... Oh, actually, no, that's the wrong number. I'm so sorry. I do that every week. 207-846-6497. 207-846-6497. Shall I want a private reading? Go to my website, www.monalisa.com, Lisa.com. and su- subscribe to Healthy, Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, And please, this forum is educational only. I am not an orthopedic surgeon. I am not a neurosurgeon. I couldn't even pretend to do that because to get that training, you have to stand up. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't stand up. I went into psychiatry because you could sit down. But before I retired, I was a neuropsychiatrist. Head injury, stroke, dementia, autism, but I know an awful lot about the spine. If you have a health problem and you're having an acute problem right now, go to your doctor. Go directly to your doctor. If you're having an acute problem right now, go right to the emergency room, directly to the emergency room. So what are the causes of back back problems? Well, one of them, obviously, is scoliosis. It can be genetic or it can develop. There's primary, meaning something happened to your spine. And then there's secondary. We all know if we had a back problem that there are things that make it worse. That's secondary. If it's primary, it means I've got a back problem. For example, somebody called me during my live call-in radio show. It's called my live calling radio show. You're on the line with Dr. Mona Lisa. And when I read the guy, he said, I have back pain. Okay. So most people go, he's got a back problem. That's not the way I read him. When I first read him, knowing only his name and age, I said, You have a lot of you have a lot of medical problems. That is my way of saying, and your back pain is secondary to them. Actually, when I went to his bottle, I saw all kinds of pockets and a mess. He actually had a liver transplant. And he got all kinds of fistulas and injuries to his bowel. And he looked sedentary. He looked like he had arguments with people at work. In fact, he told me he got fired. Um, He looked like someone who didn't move a lot, and he didn't. He had hepatitis, which is the reason why he got a liver transplant. And hepatitis makes you exhausted, which means it's hard to move. One of the causes of back problems is sedentary and gaining weight. I didn't know. He he looks a little heavy to me, but that could be stories. I don't know. But he looked heavy and he looks sedentary. This use, like a machine stuck in your garage, as I explained to him, if you don't use it, it gets rusty and you can't, you you, you have trouble moving. The same thing with our spines and, of course, our joints. And the spine is one big ruler in essence with a bunch of joints like a pearl necklace but straight with some curves like a spring like a pogo stick and we have two curves we have one behind our heart and another one that goes in the opposite direction behind our lower back and those curves are springs to help us walk Ring, ring, ring. Oh, there's actually a third one. I'm sorry. It's in our neck. And it's like a slinky. And so when we walk, we have those curves go boing, boing, boing. And so eight in us is flexibility. If you have extreme emotions, any three of them negative, you will have stiffened muscles And you will not spring. One of them is anger. One of them is sadness. And one of them is fear. You will brace yourself. You can see these people. They walk like they are in a straitjacket. If you do this, it's like being um, in a cast. And it's like you're walking with cement shoes. That will subject like a jackhammer to your spine, and eventually it will create pressure to your discs. I know this because you know this if you don't wear shoes that are padded or you walk in one of those terrible supermarkets that have cement floors. Bang, 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 like a jackhammer. And eventually you will lose the cushioning of each disc and like peanut butter and jelly coming out. Of the bread and the sandwich, you will lose all your shock absorbers in your spine, you will lose your springs, and you will get a bat problem. A compensatory strategy are your feet. They are, of course, another spring or an arch. And you can tell a lot. I used to watch people's feet in the supermarket. It shows you kind of obsession on how people walk. Older people who have spinal problems don't have springs in their feet. Runners walk with a spring in their feet because they are used to using their feet to go up and down. You can tell jocks by their springy feet because it's a way of shocking shock absorbers. So if you have spinal problems and you've blown discs, which are shock absorbers like in the car, Chances are you will lose those curves in your neck. It will go backward, and on the X-ray they'll say a reversal of the cervical curve. You will get a flattened lower back, and you can see those people—they have no ass. <laughs> they have an ass-free zone. They have a flat ass. It's because they don't have a curve in their lower back. No good, because without that curve, they don't have a spring. They broke. They it's like a mattress that blew a spring and mattresses that blow springs are very hard. When you lie on them, they hurt like a son of a gun. So if you lose curves in your spine, if you have a bad posture, if your neck juts out, if you are rigid with depression, anxiety, or sadness, you're not walking in the correct posture. These things to do are Alexander technique. Um, There used to be a lot of them. Feldenkrais was another one. Um, Yamuna body rolling was one. Tai Chi. These are things that are very helpful. Yoga is good. But if you already have disc problems, you really have to do it supervised. Because I tried to do yoga like an idiot. And I was hyper competitive because I used to be a competitive runner. So when I could talk about what I tried to do with a rod in my spine with a fusion with yoga, it was like kind of stupid. Downward dog became downward, um, I don't know, greyhound at the track. <laughs> it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I, I you know, I just couldn't handle it. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is um, people with weights. As soon as you gain weight, um, we used to have somebody who was at the summer camp that I worked in. And he gained weight because he drank. And when you gain weight when you drink, you build up fat right outside of your abdomen because it's maximally absorbed because alcohol is fat and sugar. So they called him, and this is a terribly pejorative term, but bag of donuts. Because in essence, that's what he did. He drank at night and he ate donuts in the morning. You carry this bag of fat in your abdomen. And when you do that, that makes your stomach, excuse me, it makes your back jut forward. And when that happens, the alignment of your back just falls out. Well, he was a basketball player, so there it went. And his knees blew in basketball, so we lost those shock absorbers. So knee problems, that's the The—that's what I call Jesus to Mary. If you lose one di- one joint, then the next one goes and the next one goes. So if you lose a ne- knee, then the, the hip goes. If you lose the hip, the back goes. Or if you blow your ankle, the knee goes. If you blow your knee, the hip goes. If you blow the hip, the lower back goes. If your lower back goes, then you try to compensate it with your neck because it's like the leaning tower piece. If you have a fusion in one part of your disc in back, then it's a little difficult because then the next discs near it are more likely to blow because it's like pearls in a bracelet. If you fuse two of them together, it puts pressure on the next one. Speaking of pressure, people, just the literature, it's not me. But medical intuition says it. Lower back problems and medical intuition is about money. Money in marriage, money in love. They just study people who have relationship problems are more likely to have lower back problems to the point where if you do marriage therapy, their lower back is more likely to get better. Fascinating. People have problems with work, worried about money, are more likely to have disability and more likely to have lower back problems. Does that mean that it's all in their head? No, they really feel the pain. The lack of reward with work, opiates go down, injury in previous areas, pain from areas of previous injury is more likely to go up. Your pain threshold goes down. So if you don't like what you do for work, your lack of reward... Opiates won't be there, and your pain won't be high. But you go home, and you work on the same computer you do at work. But you like to do the video games. The reward is up there, especially if you are on the new Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and you finally figured out how to get through the first two, um, you know, whatever you call those things. I couldn't even figure out how to do it until I watched the walkthroughs. I mean, what a pain in the ass. I spent two evenings trying to figure that out. The new Zelda walkthrough is unbelievable. But suffice it to say, the very thing you did at work makes you have carpal tunnel or a low back problem. But at night, you get reward when you finally succeed at the same computer at that video game. Oh, my God, your neck doesn't hurt and your lower back doesn't hurt. And you do fine. Or, like me, you ignore it and then you get a worsened injury. However, problems in relationship and money can exacerbate or make worse a lower back problem. And if you fix it, you're still more likely to have chronic pain if what you do for a living or your relationship isn't rewarding. We're taking your clause 207 846. 6497. Oh my god. I really managed to remember the number. I'm putting the phone back on the hook. 207-846-6497. We're taking your calls. So does anybody have a question about a back problem? I've mentioned some of the reasons why you can have them. And some of the solutions, osteoporosis, you can get small fractures that can narrow the discs and narrow the spine vertebrae that then make some of the vertebrae slip forward. Something called spondylolisthesis. And there's grade one, two, three, and four. And it, interesting, the same thing can happen to the foundation of your house. You can get grade one, two, three, four, spondylolisthesis, which means your foundation of your heart, the segments, house, the segments of it can slip forward. As a result, it can leak in your basement. The same thing with your spine. One vertebrae can sleep, slip forward, leaving the other one backward, and you can create pressure as a result on your nerves and it's very painful however what can leak are your discs can seep out and um, instead of water leaking into your basements the discs can leak out a gel and land on nerves very painful you can get um, numbness and tingling or you can get weakness and paralysis this is very dangerous. So those are examples um, of serious problems. Once again, people who get spasmy postmenopausal spinal problems, they tend to use magnesium. It's really bad because magnesium alone without calcium is bad because you're more likely to get worse in osteoporosis, worse in fractures, worse in narrowing, worse in spondylolisthesis where one vertebrae slips forward Ugly, ugly, ugly. Any questions? Raise your hand. Oh, yes. Annalia. How can I be of help
2: Yes, hi, I had to unmute real quick. Um, so since nobody else asked something, I'm happy to go ahead with a question that is do we do we differentiate? In interpretation between hypomobility versus stiffness, Hypomobility and stiffness. Hyper, hyper, hypermobility versus stiffness, meaning the, the the you know too much movement between the vertebra versus not moving enough. How do you like differentiate with- it? Yeah, I mean, in your when if you see somebody and you see the lower back is stiff, meaning not moving, versus the lower back offers hypermobility in the lower back spine, for example, or in my case, it is these days lower back as well as thoracic. But um, do we differentiate just those two aspects between not moving versus moving too much?
1: Okay, so... This is a language thing, I think. And, you know, between the both of us, I don't speak English well. I consider it my second language. And you're like, but she does speak English, not well. And you are um, originally Swiss so, German. So I guess what I, I'm i going to say differently. How do you determine the difference between normal mobility and um, too little mobility? And how do you determine the difference between hypermobility, excessive mobility, and normal mobility?
2: Range of motion and uh, and perception. If it were not enough movement, there would be a lack of range of motion. The spine doesn't bend forward, backward, sideways. OK, that to that to like too too much stiffness or too little movement versus hyper, i.e. too much movement. OK, how do you um, tell the difference? Yeah, in interpretation, you know, if you okay, see. OK, something okay like, wait a minute. OK, hold on. Mm-hmm.
1: Two ways. First of all, mm-hmm. you're asking for someone who has no mobility. So I'm like, how do you tell the difference? You're asking for someone who has none. Okay, but first of all, it's a range for each person. That's a great situation. For each person, we are born. Oh, you had to ask that question, didn't you? Each person is born with a different form of amount of dopamine. Dopamine in our brain and brainstem has to do with initiation and movement, and dopamine is produced from a substantia nigra that affects our muscles and their level of spasticity. So in Parkinson disease, their muscles have too much rigidity and Parkinson disease have neck pain. And the reason why is because they have rigid necks and spine. They have a um, hyper-flexed posture. And they take tiny, tiny, tiny steps. And when you try to move their arms and legs, they have excessive rigidity. That's why you're a whole thing through me. The problem is, you look at the person's personality. In some kids, when they're born, some kids, please don't take this personally. Some kids have less spontaneity than others, meaning... They're more um, walk and block, block. They are more, have less spontaneity. Spontaneous is, I've got a deal for you. (laughs) They're less, um, I don't want to use the word manic, but they're less hyper. They have less of that kind of unbridled initiation. They're more contained.
0: Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield, May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive.
1: So they're less structured. If you look at the other kinds of people, their muscles are more structured, stiffer, have more tone. And you would say um, their spines are more, um, I don't want to use the word spastic because that's not the right con- but there, it has more firmness. However, everybody, whether it's our brain's dopamine um, and GABA, GABA is relaxation or mobility. So we need a mixture of contraction, bending, and, but we also need relaxation. People who are athletes tend to be very good with strength and muscle, strong. But when they work with people who with Felsenkrais and, and all those other people, I call all those other people because I was a runner. They focus on you gotta relax, you gotta breathe, you gotta stretch. And I ate <sighs> stretching, you gotta breathe in, yeah, and stretch. And those people into that, and that was not me because you know I had a rod in my spine, and everything was about holding it in, holding it in, holding the stance. And so some people are just more rigid in their structure than others. That said, some people are more anxious and are more stance and rigid in their structure. And other people are more loosey-goosey, like your basic, for lack of a better word, commune. When I was out west in in Washington State, it was loosey-goosey. I stayed at this place called Sunny Muffin Farm. It was like a commune, Sunny Muffin Farm. It pretty much tells everything. (laughs) And when I went back to Brown, it was an Ivy League school. It was really tucked in. Nobody had facial hair. People were really uptight. They were, um, you know, Oxford shirts, you know, wingtip shoes. You get the idea. It's very structured, very stiff. Okay. Parkinson versus the other people, lean back, it's like, okay, man, it's okay. (laughs) Okay, so now, so you're like, how do you know the difference between um, Oxford shirt, rigid, and West Coast, um, loosey-goosey, it's okay, man, it's cool. It's cool, man, so cool. And the answer is either extreme is completely non-functional. We need both. And too rigid leads to injuries, and too too loose leads to injuries. If you have an inability, flex forward. Um, If your muscles are too tight and rigid, you need to either find out why that is. Do you have problems with dopamine? That for some people who are older, if that's an acquired trait, that could be Parkinson's disease. And there's a way of finding that out with the movement. It's increased rigidity. Those people do get neck problems mm-hmm. and they have certain kinds of things. So, your question was not an easy one to answer. And they do mm-hmm. get back problems. And some of the first incidents that you will find out that they have a back problem is that they have Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, their feet do not bend. They mm-hmm. have a steppage gait. They do not bend their feet. It's rigid and spastic. I watch people's feet all the time
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, because they have to bend. They have to be relaxed, then contracted, relaxed, then contracted. And when I learned how to walk again after the big dig in 2012, where my spine was broken and fused, I learned how to lift my foot because I had drop foot, was paralyzed lift my foot, heel to toe, contract, relax, contract, relax. Cars would pull over and go, are you okay? I go, yeah, I'm okay. Because it would take me forever. Because I was learning to relax, contract, relax, contract. The other one was because before that, I had discs on nerves. I was trying to learn how to relax my neck so I wasn't, and you can see me when I'm sitting. I was trying to relax my neck so that these muscles on either side weren't going like this. And if that muscle is contracting, then it will pressure the spinal nerve or the spinal muscles on either side of your spine to collapse on the nerves that are coming out of your spinal cord. So I've literally retrained my consciousness because I have this disease. If you have a spinal problem and a doctor or neurosurgeon has scanned you and says you have osteoarthritic changes, which means you have stalactites, these arthritis things that are sticking on the spinal nerves coming out. Ask them to look at your MRI, show them how to look at it, or get a friend who's a physician or anatomist and have them show you where it is. Then get an anatomy coloring book, draw it, memorize, draw it, memorize it. And then when you walk, image that you're moving those muscles and relaxing them and imagine yourself moving, opening space so that nerve can open up. And you breathe in and out, in and out. And when you walk, you're creating a spring with your feet. You're creating a spring with your lower back. You're creating a spring with your that curve in your chest. You're creating a spring with your neck. And you're walking up and down, up and down erect. You're not leaning forward. If you lean forward, your neck will stick backward and you'll compress on the nerves in your neck. If you're leaning forward because you'll gain weight, then your piriformis muscle in your lower back will try to hold you erect, and it will clamp down on your sciatic plexus. Look that up in your anatomy color book while you're at it. You will go, son of a gun. It's like putting a tourniquet around a bunch of nerves. It's like crossing your legs in a chair. When you get up, you're like, oh my God, I can't feel my legs. That's why you get numbness. It hurts like a son of a gun. So when you walk, you stand up completely straight. If And that's one of the reasons why you don't eat after five or six o'clock because everything you eat then settles in your abdomen and is maximally absorbed and you become Joe Bag of Donuts. It settles in your abdomen, and when you try to stand, you tilt forward, and then your piriformis muscle is like a tourniquet. You might as well wear a belt around your lower, lower, lower back around your rear end. Do it, and then tighten it up, and then try to walk. It feels awful. It hurts. You can't, because your your thighs or your calves will go numb, because what you're doing is you're inducing what they call pseudo sciatica. It's as if you have compressing your lower back. Believe me, I know a lot about lower backs. So what you do is actually, I learned this, they call this mindfulness. I had no idea. I just called it desperation because there were for years and years and years. I would focus on walking down the street and imagining my spine, closing my eyes, standing up, Relaxing and moving this muscle, this shoulder up now and down, relaxing in and out because there was a, a my left shoulder fell down four inches in 2018 because I blew a disc. See, Five and six and seven. It was you know you lose track after a while. It's in a journal somewhere, but suffice it to say, I was sitting at a bar, as one tends to do, drinking diet coke. Actually, no, I didn't drink diet coke at that time anymore. Decaf uh, cappuccino. And this guy says to me, "You don't have this problem. you it's just a cry for attention. You can hold that shoulder up if you want to." Well, you know, I always consider what people said. I was like, maybe I was doing it for attention so i practiced i would ro- walk around and try to lift that shoulder i did i did do you know how much how hard that is because it was paralyzed um c4 c5 it was so hard but i did um it helped only in the sense Because you can do an awful lot with your mind to try to strengthen something. The book is called The Brain That Changes Itself by Duage. D-O-I-D-G-E. Am I suggesting that if you have a discount, say screw the surgery? No. It depends on how serious it is. Go to a neurosurgeon. Go to an orthopedic surgeon. Get El Scano. Get the scan. Because if it gets so serious, you can have long-term loss. And you don't want to have to do that because then it's, it's really hard to come back. You have to do what I've done and it's very hard. So there is things that you can do, the brain that changes itself. You can rewire some of the posture, some of the pain. If you have chronic pain and you have chronic injury and they say it's inoperable. I was talking to someone today who has neuropathy. And I have some injury and I have some loss. If you looked at the network for it, the frontal lobe is inhibitory. It gates. Well, it, actually, spinal cord gates. The frontal lobe censors things. It censors what my boss thinks of me. It censors what you think about me. You might like, I think she's a pain in the ass. Pain in the ass. Um what a bitch. Well, to continue the radio show, I have to filter that out. Um, maybe I can't, maybe I will to continue, you know, finishing something you have to hold that in abeyance. Um. But the same thing with pain, it can block things out. If you're depressed, if you haven't eaten, if you haven't slept, if you don't have friends, if you don't your work doesn't appeal to you, these are all things that wear on your last nerve, and your spine is a bunch of nerves, bunch of nerves, and the more things that you have in your life that are missing, increases vulnerability, and your spine will go. <laughs> so you try to improve as much as you can. You go to bed at the same time. You get up at the same time because if you're tired, your muscles sag. And they hold; they fall on nerves. The other thing is, if you don't get enough deep sleep, you can get an aura ring and a Fitbit. And I mean, there's all kinds of things you do. I realize I don't have my Apple Watch because I didn't have it plugged in correctly and it ran out of charge. I don't want to talk about that. There was a little bit of snafu there up in the Lido deck today. You can find out um, if you're getting enough deep sleep. Deep sleep is for. Really revitalizing and muscle relaxation. If you don't, you're more likely to sag, get fatigue, and your muscle tone is less. And literally, you'll want to eat all day. Number one, they'll gain weight, Joe, bag of donuts. But the second thing is that you'll literally be more prone to injury and you'll be tired and your stance will be less and you won't be holding yourself correctly. You'll be slumping. Check your thyroid especially T3, if your thyroid is low, you'll talk slow. You'll have all kinds of um, muscle drooping and your muscle tone will be less and that messes it up as well. Depression does it, it lowers your pain threshold. But suffice it to say, you can learn to repattern your pain I was talking with this client today. I did a reading on him. His problem was neuropathy. I told him that I got a kind of um, Uros, O-O-U-R, O-O-U-R-O-S kind of flip-flop. It's reparative for people, I think, who do, who run. Um, If you're a member of that corporation, I could take some for free. (laughs) ridiculous plug they have so much uh, plat up or uh, meaning if you want to send me some for free for giving you exposure i would love it
2: Um, awesome what size what size and what color
1: (laughs) size eight and a half any color but the big ones the repairing ones not the foo-foo ones And thongs. I have to wear a thong. Otherwise, I don't stay on my feet because I can't hold them on my feet. I have some paralysis. But suffice it to say, a nice, healthy eight uh, thong. But when you first put them on your feet, they're hard to walk on. They require a lot of effort. That was the first thing that was difficult. And if you have neuropathy or back problems, you're like, I can't do these. Too bad. (laughs) It's like, was it possible to walk up this hill? But the second thing is, if you have back problems, you may have neuropathy in your feet. So I kept feeling that pebbles were getting inside the flip-flop. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell's wrong. So I pull over look at my feet and there was nothing there. You're talking to someone who, like, I kept slipping on the living room floor. I looked underneath and there was a tack sticking in my feet. So yeah, I have neuropathy, big whoop. But suffice it to say, for whatever the reason, I kept feeling there were pebbles in my feet. Keep going. Because if you keep doing that, it builds tolerance, it rewires your brain and it gates it. You won't feel them anymore. It's just like, um, you know, people who are autistic, they have hypersensitization to clothes on them. Mm-hmm. People who have hyposthesia, have disc problems, they can't stand for the back of a collar to touch the back of their neck. I know this because I had used to have all kinds of collars where I would rip out the tag. That's Mm -hmm. how you really know you have a neck problem. Um, Suffice it to say, I knew I was getting better when I could handle a tag. I'm like, oh, I can handle the tag. I'm healed. Praise the Lord. Well, you can repattern your brain to build tolerance to that sensation that's irritating. You do the same thing with people, incidentally. Doesn't mean you have to take a bath with someone who's annoying, (laughs) but you can wear them occasionally during the day. And so you can repattern your brain for distress tolerance. And I've done them with those shoes. And believe me, I have really bad neuropathy. So the same thing with your back. You can do that. A physical therapist can be really, really, really helpful. Um, Some people, the bands um, involves these bands with graded pressure, but not everybody's a band person. It's better to do these kinds of exercises that are implicit in your life. Like for me, because of neck problems, you might notice that you have problems with your fingers. And when they told me that in the hospital, I'm like, I don't have problems with my fingers. Leave me alone. And she said, okay, button your shirt. I noticed you don't have button down shirts. And what do you mean, having had them for years? Well, you'll stay away from things accidentally on purpose that have become difficult for you. Like all of a sudden you'll wear Velcro shoes. Or you'll wear open back shoes that you can just put your shoes in, slip your feet in. Um, like I like shorts because putting pants on, uh, it's, it's impossible. I can't stand winners because the clothing is an issue. It's impossible. But suffice it to say, so she had me try to button her shirt. I couldn't do it. The buttons, the thing is. So all of a sudden, there was a whole thing with the hands. Well, I can't stand those exercises because I have oppositional defiant physical therapy disorder. It's like, you don't want to do your exercises. So it's important that you get something you like to do. So for me, it was Legos. And I started sorting out Legos. And I built an entire free build. I decided I wanted to build another floor in my house. So I built this whole thing and I had to sort out all these Legos. And by doing that, we're talking nothing succeeds like excess. 10,000 Legos. And by the end of that, by the time I went back to my doctor, they couldn't believe how much better my fingers were. Now, then, we're getting to the end of the show. I want to say something to you. You may say to me, Mona Lisa, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. I tried all those things. I understand. I said at the beginning of the show that I am not, I am not every woman. I do not know your pain. I know that a lower back that goes out, I still don't know what goes out means. I don't. I'm a neuroanatomist, a neuropsychiatrist. I've blown 23 out of 24 discs. You would think that I would know what it means. However, I still don't know your pain. Because one person can be completely bedbound by L4, L5, S1. And I'm not. Does that mean that I'm just so Herculean? No, I actually don't think I am because I find emotional pain much more paralyzing. Honestly, I thought about that the other day. You know what? If you're separated from a loved one, I'm just bereft. I'd rather be sawed in half and run over by five panel trucks. Mm. That kind of pain I can handle, but a person, Mm. that, that I can't handle. I mean, I can and I do, but that pain is something that you can't see on a scan. And though I help all kinds of people with it, and I know that it becomes physicalized in back pain and stuff like that, I understand that. I just find it much more easy to talk about the physical and to deal with it. And I talk about the emotional, but to tolerate it, I can tolerate physical pain much more than. It just hurts more. But suffice it to say, when we talk about you don't understand, I have physical problems. I got in a car accident. It's just logical this isn't fixable. Well, listen, healing is not a logical thing. Because I'm sure people have heard recently, the last time I went to the doctor, like, oh my God, your arms and hands are so much bigger. Now that's not logical given what's going on in the MRI. I mean, you can't do an MRI with me anymore. You know how they say, please remove all metal from your body. Well, just leave the MRI, sweet Mona Lisa, because you're one big VAT O-metal. But I digress. So they say your arms and your hands are so much better, but tell me about your legs. And so the guy basically tells me, because I fall a lot because, you know, there's a little bit of paraly- paralysis in the legs. They tell me that I've broken a rod. So I've fallen a lot. Yeah, I fell down the stairs and big whoop, you know, another day. In the... My house is a little t- tricky. However, I want to ask you a question. They found a broken rod, not a loose screw. They find loose screws and rods. I find that funny, given that I am a neuropsychiatrist, loose screws. The pejorative term for a psychiatric problem. However, in the literature, when you look up titanium problems and implants for spinal problems, 7% of the time you'll see a loose screw here or there. Who doesn't? But no, they found a broken rod, not, not snapped, it was broken. Separated. You could see the state of Iowa between the two pieces that are now pointing in two separate directions. Now, I got run over by a truck, broke bones, but never snapped a rod. I got thrown down the length of a bridge, eighty-six feet, broke lots of bones, but never broke a rod. Got hit by a car, thrown up, landed on the hood of a uh, hood of a car, dented the fender of the uh, car, metal. Probably titanium, not titanium, came from Detroit, Detroit. Landed on the ground, broke a sacrum, but not a rod. This time after falling down the stairs, and you know, a couple of times on the pavement, and you know, actually once the pavement, twice in the basement. I broke a rod, but not a bone. Now I want to ask you, how's that happen? it confounds the rules of earth as we know it. And ask Isaac Newton, the guy with the apple falling out of the tree, although they say that never happened, but it makes a good story. My point is, is this. We are human beings and there are laws of physics, but healing and pain don't always follow them. Do not Try to over-rationalize your pain, not to mention the pathway to healing. And though there are always good reasons why we get healthy, many of the reasons to get, many there are always good reasons why we get sick and injured. There are many irrational reasons why we stay healthy and can get healthy. So, I broke a rod. I'm still here. Apparently, I'm one of those people who breaks rods. There's no reason why we all can't be more functional and healthier and happier with what we have. I have a friend. I can't cry about this. Two years ago, when my neck was fused at C1, C2 downward, I come home and this woman is walking around with a sling on her breast. I'm like, what the hell? Suffice it to say, soon thereafter, she's diagnosed with stage three and three quarters, is best I can say. Breast cancer, inflammatory breast cancer. I was upset. It's two years. She was supposed to be dead by now.
2: Hmm.
1: And the movie, What's Up with Gilbert, great. He kept rocking, going, my mother said I could go anytime, go anytime, go anytime. She was supposed to have gone. She was not supposed to be helped with inflammatory um, immune modulators. She couldn't be helped with um everything. Chemo. Mm-hmm. But somehow I memorized everything about PDL one, PDL two. And all of a sudden they said PDL1, PDL2, which I found that was Keytruda. I can't remember names if you killed me, but I can remember pathways. <laughs> can remember it's unbelievable. However, it's it to say, all of a sudden they decide that works. And then two years later, she, she they couldn't even remove the tumor. Four centimeters large. Four centimeters. How can you not remove a tumor? They couldn't for two years. And she recently had hers excised. And her lymph tissue recreated. I didn't even know they were recreating lymph nodes. It happened in LA. My point is, and yes, I have one. That's amazing. This is, there's no such thing as a suffering Olympics. You can't say, and you won't say, and you will not say under my tutelage, Oh, are you just saying I just have a little low back pain? I said at the beginning that low back pain, even if they can't see the reason of it, MRI or CT scan can be incapacitating, probably Mm -hmm. sometimes worse than if you can see the reason. Mm -hmm. But it does not mean that you cannot live. A full life. There has to be a way. I have hope. And I have every reason to have it. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. And this has been Beat Back Pain with Medical Intuition. This has been Healthy Living with Dr. Mona Lisa Podcast. A mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Live your life brilliantly. Do right. Live well. Thank you so much for welcoming me you into your day. I'll see you next week.
2: I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.